Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Unscripted Faith Podcast, the podcast for Christian women to come together and learn how to apply the Word of God to our daily lives. I'm your host, Jesse T, and I am sure that those of you who have been with us are so excited because I had promised a couple of weeks ago that we would finally move away from the trenches of the topic of suffering. And that's only partially true, to be honest with you, because we are going to talk about the blessings and the promises that come with suffering. But we are also going to talk about some real life examples, because part of the purpose of this podcast is to learn how to apply the word of God to our daily lives. And some people may struggle to learn how to do that unless we were to talk about some real life examples. So we're going to get into some kind of meaty things, but we are definitely going to cover some promises. Before I jump into it, I just feel like I need to give an update. I had told you a couple of weeks ago that my daughter has been sick and Again, those of you who have been listening know that I have been actually uploading a new episode every week, and you probably noticed that I did not upload one last week, and that is because things have taken a slightly strange turn. What started out as kidney stones has sort of morphed into something of a medical mystery. So if you wouldn't actually mind lifting my daughter up in prayer, we are either looking for God to reveal what is wrong with her so that we can treat it, or we are asking him to just heal it mysteriously without explanation, because we know that he can do that as well. She's not suffering terribly. She's able to get up and move around. She's still in a good mood, but it's becoming exhausting. And so she could just really use your prayers. If you wouldn't mind doing that, that would be greatly appreciated. As we get into this podcast today, I wanted to sort of talk about this idea of how to develop an unshakable faith, because that's something that we touched on when we were talking about Job and when we were talking about King David, something that they both shared was this characteristic of unshakable faith. And it's something that I want in my life. And I'm sure that many of you also want that. So how do we get there? How do we, how do we learn how to have that kind of faith? I've been a Christian for about 22 years, and I will say that in my own walk, it was really difficult for me to really get from having a ton of head knowledge about the Lord and about the Bible and knowing that he is good, but not really knowing it in my soul and knowing that he will answer prayers, but not really knowing it in my soul. I hope that there's someone out there who knows what I mean. I hope you're not thinking that I'm kind of crazy for saying that, but I can't be the only one who felt that way. And as I have been going through everything that led up to me doing this podcast, I've started to really reflect on how is it that I got from just having all of this knowledge in my brain to really knowing it in my soul There was a pastor that I used to attend his church and he used to say this phrase and it's probably pretty cliche, but he said, you just know that you know. And what he meant by that is it's just a knowing that is so deep in your soul. It's deeply rooted and it's something that I strongly desired and I just couldn't seem to get to that point with my walk with the Lord, even to the point where if I were to listen to a Christian podcast, if it existed back then or if I were even to listen to a Christian radio station, I would hear the DJs and the broadcasters or the hosts of a TV show, for example, just talking about the Lord like he was their friend. And I couldn't understand that. 
And it wasn't that I hadn't suffered in my life because I am someone who has multiple, multiple stories and tragic stories. And if you've been with this podcast for any length of time, you know that that is true and you'll find out more about that as it goes on. So it wasn't that I hadn't suffered enough, but I think what I learned is that self-sufficiency in suffering can be a roadblock to deepening our relationship with the Lord. So sometimes I would hear people say, and I know that I've even said it myself, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom. And when you hit rock bottom, the only place you can look is up. And that is true. But some of us, and I think that included me, when you hit rock bottom, you look up basically for a hand up instead of for God to really completely change your perspective, which is actually what we need. So what I'm trying to explain is the difference between going through tragic and difficult things in our lives and picking yourself up by your bootstraps, if you will, versus having absolutely nothing left and being completely stripped of your own self-sufficiency and your own pride because you don't know rock bottom until you have nothing left where you don't even have the strength to say I'm a fighter or I was born a fighter or whatever those phrases are that come to your mind where you don't even have the strength to reach back and hold on to your family name or any sort of thing that you can reach for or even the experiences that you have gone through that have been things that you've been able to actually overcome when all of that is stripped away and none of that matters anymore. And the only thing that you have left is the Lord. I really feel like at least for me, that was where my faith started to take shape and really brought me to a place of being able to so confidently talk about the Lord as my best friend, as my wonderful counselor as the one that I look to for guidance and to really know his power and his wisdom. And that is what I'm hoping to sort of get to the bottom of. That's why I've decided to start out with the topic of suffering is because I think that so many of us Christians, whether we are newly saved or whether we have been saved for a long time, really have maybe lost touch with who our God is. Because sometimes we talk about God like he's the God who in the past parted the Red Sea. He's the God who in the past performed all of these miracles, gave all of these uh, wonderful visions and things like that. And um, he really was present in those people's lives. He walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. But he's not the same God anymore. Like somehow he has changed. But that is not true. He is the same God. He holds the same power. And it reminds me so much of that verse, Luke 12, 48, that says, everyone to whom much was given of him, much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. I feel like that's also true with understanding the Lord on a deeper level. And I guess what I'm trying to say is the more time that you spend in the word around Christians listening to podcasts, listening to worship music, and the more suffering that you go through, the more trials that you go through, 
which we've already established are actually opportunities for the Lord to reveal himself, then that is like more of a blessing that you will receive. And so I just kind of wanted to put that out there with this idea that I believe that pride can keep us away from really fully knowing and relying on the competency of God or even recognizing his power in your struggle. And the other important thing is we need to be willing to allow God and give him permission, if you will, to answer prayers the way that he wants to answer them. So sometimes we come to the Lord and we pray for certain things. And I'll give you an example, something I'm trying to go through in this particular way with my daughter is she is suffering. She's not suffering as bad as some children do with different types of things that they may be diagnosed with. For example, she's not suffering as bad as a cancer patient. She's not dying. This is great news. But, you know, we pray for the Lord's healing. And obviously, I pray for that for my child. Obviously, I want her to feel better. I would love for her to be able to bounce around and do the things that she wants to do as a 13-year-old. Her birthday's coming up next week. She wants to go skiing, but she can't because she's in too much pain. And that is such a bummer. But I want to give the Lord space to answer my prayers for healing in the way that he wants to. What if through her illness, we have an opportunity to witness to somebody and they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Or what if the result of her suffering is she learns to fully trust and lean on the Lord for all of her needs. What if it deepens her spiritual growth? Am I willing to allow God that space, even if it's uncomfortable for me, even if it hurts my feelings, even if it keeps me up at night, even if it costs me money, even if it makes it so I can't work, even if it makes it so that I miss a week of doing this podcast like it has this week because we were in the emergency room two times. Am I willing to allow God the space to answer the way that he wants to? I am willing to look for the small blessings while we are waiting. I am willing to assign the word, you know, miracle or blessing to the things that may seem mundane. It would be the things like someone being willing to let us talk to them about the Lord. It would be the things like allowing us to just bless somebody, like maybe they forgot money for their lunch and so we bought them a sandwich or something like that. You know, I'm willing to allow God to use this time in any way that he wants to, because he's going to anyway, right? But I'm willing to allow him this time. And and when I say willing, I'm talking about the attitude that I take while I am allowing these blessings to take shape and while I am allowing her healing to happen. And so I'm willing to allow God to do what he wants to do with my daughter, with my life, with my time, with my resources, with my money in order to accomplish his will, because we are made for him and by him. We're not made for our own glory. We are not made to pursue happiness. We will have joy in this life. We will because the Lord delights in giving us wonderful things but that doesn't mean that we can get away without suffering. We will enjoy these good things. And sometimes the good things that the Lord has for us, it may not be happiness 1000% of the time. It may actually look like spiritual growth. It may actually look like having a deeper relationship with the Lord. 
And believe me when I say those are really, truly good things. And I think what happens when you suffer is you start to experience a different definition of what good is in terms of he works all things out for our good, or he will give you the desires of your heart. Suffering actually changes the heart. That's kind of part of the point. Sometimes in our flesh, the desires of our heart are so, well, fleshy. They're so superficial. They're so not really what we need. They're just what we think we need. And the Lord has a way, if we allow him, of changing our perspective and really making us want the things that he wants, which bring him glory. And the funny thing is, we were just talking about this at the Bible study at the church that I attend, and it, and we said, a lot of people in this world seek their own happiness. That is their ultimate goal is to be happy. I don't know how many times I've heard that before, and I'm sure that you have too. But the thing about happiness is it's a fleshly desire and the flesh is never satisfied. So when you put out there to God, hey, I want this thing. If I could just have X, Y, or Z, I'll be happy. Okay. But the flesh is never satisfied. So once you get your X, Y, Z, you're going to want the one, two, three, and the ABC. I know that sounds really cliche, but it's true. You're never going to be satisfied. You're going to be always looking for the next thing. But with God, when we seek to glorify him and when he is in fact glorified, what's so cool is we are filled with joy and we bless the Lord and then the Lord pours into us. It's, a, it's like a cyclical joy. Whatever we give to him, he gives to us. Again, that doesn't mean we won't suffer and we get back sometimes what we didn't think we wanted or needed, but we get back what, exactly what we wanted and needed. We just don't know it because we don't have the perspective that the Lord has. So I wanted to share that with you guys because I think it is so important to have such a good understanding of what are we talking about when we are asking the Lord to bless us or when we are reciting the verse about God working all things out for our good. What does that mean? Does it mean that we get the house that we want? Does it mean that we get running water if we didn't have it? Does it mean that the Lord will provide us with a new car? Does it mean that the Lord will give us the job of our dreams or the guy or the girl of our dreams? No, not necessarily. It means the Lord will give us what is actually good for us. Just like if you're a parent, you give your child good things and it may not be what they want, but it's what they need. You give them nutritious foods because you love them and you know that it nourishes their body. You don't give them lollipops for breakfast, lunch, and dinner because that would not nourish them. It would actually lead them to be malnourished and it would lead them to be sick and have all sorts of other problems. So it's the same sort of thing. The Lord knows what is best for us and he knows our highest potential. And if you're like me, at one point in my life, I thought, because I was a young mother and I thought, oh, I'm just, just a stay-at-home mom as though that's no big deal. But it is a big deal. It's the highest calling you are developing humans for the world. There was a Hispanic woman that I used to know. And she said to me once that their philosophy, at least in her family, was that you raise children for the world. And I thought about that. And, you know, in a secular sense, it seems like something that you're a little bit hesitant to grab a hold of because you're not sure exactly what they mean by it. But I actually think that's true. If you think about it as a Christian, we parents, we're not going to be here forever. It is our job to raise children for the future world. And so we do want to raise children that people can enjoy. 
More importantly, though, we want to raise people who reflect God so that people will be saved and people will glorify the Lord. And so I've really kind of just been thinking about that. And we do that by giving our children good things, things that are good for them, not just things that make them happy, like naps. Naps don't make babies happy and naps don't make a lot of people happy until you get older and you realize that was actually a good thing. And then you start to want naps. (laughs) So it's the same with the Lord. He gives us good things and we start to want the things that we that we get. So it's, I guess, another great example would be, I learned this about food is that we crave the things that we eat. So if you eat a lot of sugar, you crave sugar. If you eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, you tend to crave more of that type of stuff. And that's true for the Lord too. He gives us things that we need like spiritual growth and then we crave it more. I know that's definitely been true in my own life. So I hope that some of that has resonated with you because I think it's just such a wisdom nugget to sort of hold on to. So now, as promised, let's talk about some of the promises for those who suffer because you're probably going through something and you're probably weary and tired. And you might even be tired of me preaching all of this wisdom stuff to you. So let me give you some lighthearted stuff. This one comes from Psalm 119.50. It says, this is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. I love that. I think that is so good. And then Psalm 119.67 says, it is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your ways. Man, that one has been so true for me. I again, had tons, tons and tons of head knowledge, but I was not able to fully grasp a hold of God's ways. And what I mean by that is exactly what we talked about the last podcast episode when we were talking about Job and he started to understand God's wisdom, or at least the beginning concepts that the Lord sort of laid out. And he said, where were you when I laid the foundations of the world? In other words, how can you possibly understand any of this, if we were to paraphrase it, we could say, Job, can you create a world? Can you create life (laughs) besides, you know, being a participant in the act of it, which God already put into motion? Can you heal people? Can you, in your wisdom, work things out just in such a certain way that it is the way that I want it to work out? And of course, the answer is no, we don't have that kind of wisdom, but Job sort of got a taste of that. And I think that's what this verse is saying. I just love it. Another verse that we find that I think is really good is 2 Corinthians 2.10. It says, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And that's another one. I'm telling you, you guys, you can't possibly be strong in and of yourself because don't we fail ourselves? How long have you depended on yourself to get yourself through? And sure, maybe you're a single mom raising a couple of kids or a few kids. And yes, maybe you did get yourself an apartment and a job of your dreams and all that stuff. But aren't there nights that you cry yourself to sleep? Aren't there nights where you're not sure how you're going to put a meal together because you don't have enough groceries? Aren't there nights where you can't afford to pay the electric bill and you really just don't know what you're going to do? And aren't there nights where you just sit there on the edge of your bed and you just think about your life and your children's future and you just feel like you've made such a mess of it? Or maybe you yelled at your kids and you feel like a piece of dirt. Aren't there nights like that? 
We are not able to be sufficient in and of ourselves. Our purpose comes from God. Where we came from started with God and where we're going will end ultimately with God. Either we will end up in eternity with him or we will end up in judgment with him and we may end up in hell if we're not saved. So we have nothing really to rely on in and of ourselves. God puts the breath in our lungs. Can you do that yourself? No, you can't. You can draw a breath, but you can, if God takes it, you cannot grab it back. You don't have that power. It's so important to recognize our limitations and God's abilities. They're just so far beyond what we can do. Another great verse here is from James 1 verses 2 through 3. It says, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. It's talking about being firm in your faith. It's what I was saying at the beginning of this episode. I don't think that It's possible, really, or very possible, I should say. I shouldn't make such a sure statement because, again, I'm saying on one hand that God can do anything. And then on the other hand, I'm saying I don't think it's possible. But I guess what I'm trying to say is if you want firm faith that cannot be shaken, trials are one of the best ways to get that to happen. I'm not suggesting that you go out and make a mess of your life, of course. But, you know, if you do find yourself in a mess, these are verses that are, I think, very encouraging. Next, we have John 16, 22. It says, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. I think that is pretty self-explanatory. When we finally get to heaven, there will be no more tears. There will be no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more pain. It's going to be wonderful. I don't know about you, but I look forward to that so much. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's another self-explanatory one. What is your pain right now? As you're listening to this episode, what is your pain? What are you going through? What is your prayer? Are you brokenhearted? Are you crushed in spirit? The Lord is near you. He's not left you. If you feel alone, draw near to him cry out to him, be honest with him. Don't shy away and don't offer him just these piddly little prayers that really just, I mean, you should have reverence for the Lord, but sometimes we, in our attempt to be reverent to the Lord, we're not honest with him. And so I challenge you to really just be willing to cry out in your anguish and despair to the Lord and see what he will do with that. Because I know in my own life, anytime that I've cried out like that, he shows up and he comforts and it's wonderful. Psalm 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. This reminds me so much of a mother or a grandmother figure who, you know, you're a child, you scrape your knee, and she picks you up off the dirt and sets you up on the kitchen counter, and she cleans up your skinned up knees with a clean cloth, and she puts peroxide on it, and it hurts. (laughs) And then she puts a Band-Aid over it. She kisses your boo-boo, sends you off to play. That's our God. He patches us up. He fixes us. I think that's just such a lovely illustration. Matthew 5, 4 says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And they shall be comforted. If you think about this, there's another verse. It's in Lamentations. It says, I believe it's in Lamentations. It says that his mercies are new every morning. And I think I've touched on this in another episode, but I think it's worth repeating. Sometimes the morning lasts for more than just 
one sunrise to the next. Sometimes the morning is a season. Sometimes that season is a long drawn out winter. And sometimes it seems like there is no end in sight and no hope. But there is a hope. He comforts us. He comforts us because he loves us. He is a heavenly father. And even if you didn't have a good father on this earth, it doesn't mean that you should adopt this idea that you cannot comprehend a loving father. Because a lot of people on planet earth have had really lousy dads, but they understand the concept of God. And we have to remember where we should get our concept of what a father is, is from what God's word says about a father not from other human beings who are laden with sin and live in a fallen and sinful world. Earthly dads will fail. Even the best of dads will make mistakes and they will tell you that themselves unless they're completely arrogant, but they will. They will tell you that they're not perfect and they're not, but God is and he's our heavenly father. He will comfort you with a comfort that you cannot receive from anywhere else. And that's a wonderful thing. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all compassion, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the same comfort that we ourselves have received from God. We read that verse in the last episode. But it's so good. It just, it kind of goes back to purpose. Why do we suffer? Well, sometimes we suffer because we are going to be able to help someone else through a similar trial. And I guess I want to really just put a different spin on this than we did in that last episode. And that is, have you ever met another Christian sister or brother who was able to connect with you over a crisis or a struggle or some sort of season of suffering that you've been through and they really understood you? And they knew just the right scriptures, maybe, to kind of help you with that. And it gave you such comfort to talk to them. Because if you have, that's probably someone who has gone through a struggle that really hurt them deeply, that they learned from, that the Lord allowed them to go through to help you. And so I hope that you'll keep that perspective as you maybe are nearing the end of your struggle. Maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel from the situation that you're going through. Just remember and be looking for opportunities that maybe you are the one that God has commissioned to bring comfort to that person, but it shouldn't be your comfort, like how good of a hugger you are or how many wise words you have. Maybe you are the best hugger. Maybe that is your gift and maybe God will use that, but it should be the comfort that you receive from God, the scriptures, the same love. How can you show Christ to that person? How can you show God's love? Not your love, but God's love. And there is a difference. And I think that's another thing we could do a whole nother episode on is showing the love of Christ, not the love of Jesse or whoever, whatever your name is. We want to make sure that we are reflecting the Lord, not our own strength and power. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on thee because they trust in you. That is one of my favorite verses. I love that. I have used that so many times in this this past two years that I've been struggling. And I just find that one to be one of the most comforting. He will, he will keep you in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on you because they trust in you. And next would be Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. It says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases 
His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I love that. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Steadfast. What does that mean? It means it's firm. It's unwavering. You may have messed up. You may have cussed. You may have yelled at your kids or your husband. You may have cut somebody off in traffic. You may have ruined somebody's life. But his love never ceases. That is amazing. I just love that. Great is his faithfulness. Just awesome. So what else can we take away from this idea of blessings in our suffering? I guess I would word that a little bit differently. Maybe what I should have said is, how can we lessen the severity of our suffering? Here's a tip that I've had to learn these past two years. And I refer back to episode two, when I talked about the great betrayal that I experienced in the greatest trial of my life. If you aren't familiar with that, I will probably reference that quite a bit in this podcast because it is actually the situation that led me to even think about doing a podcast. It's that significant. What I learned from that and I want to pass on to you so that you don't have to go through and drag through as much as I did. I I mean, I know that someone could have told me this and it wouldn't have made much sense. So hopefully you're not as stubborn as I am, but I just want to say this. If you want to suffer a little bit less, then make it a little bit easier on yourself and learn patience. Okay, I can almost hear your eyes rolling. (laughs) But listen, patience is not just waiting because waiting is inevitable. You can't help but wait. Man has created this concept of time and the hands on the clock will tick and they will go by whether or not you want to wait. That's what will happen. Waiting is inevitable. So patience is not waiting. So what is patience then? Patience is the attitude that you take while you are waiting. Believe me, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. I'm not going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind, or maybe it will, but I'd be surprised if it did. Listen, if you want your suffering to be a little bit less painful, then wait with a good attitude. It's the same thing that you tell your children. They're excited to get on the ride at a fair and they're bouncing up and down and they're clawing at your dress or whatever, and they just can't wait. You said, mom, that we could go, you know, we've waited 16 weeks and now it's the day and now we have to wait in line for five minutes and now we're just dying and it's hot outside, blah, 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 right? Waiting is the, or patience, excuse me, is the attitude that you take while you're waiting. Are you trying to rush things? Are you getting angry because things aren't happening quick enough? Remember what we said at the beginning of this episode, allow God the space to work how he wants to work. Allow him the opportunity to bless you the way that he is going to bless you. And look for the little things because you just never know what it is that he is doing to bless you. He owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. That's like a thousand opportunities of different ways that he could answer your prayer. Basically, that's one way to think about it, I guess. And so don't you think that you should trust him while you're waiting? You trust him to take your next breath, don't you? Haven't you entrusted your very soul to him? So why can't you trust him with how he plans on blessing you next? Is it because you can't see him? You know, it's funny because I just had someone that I'm related to say this to me on Facebook. I posted, you might have seen it on Instagram yourself. It said something like, you trust the pilot, but you can't see him. You trust 
the driver of your Uber, but you can't see him. So why can't you trust God? Make that your anthem in 2023. Well, this relative of mine has been through a lot of tragic things. She lost a son when he was four years old to cancer, which I won't even attempt to pretend to know how that must feel. I And I won't try to compare it to anything. But as we've said before in our other episodes, suffering can either make you better in your Christian faith or it can make you bitter. And for her, it made her bitter. And she full out rejects God. She hates God. And she makes it a mission to do whatever she can to to do anything she can to fly in the face of God. She hates God. And, you know, she's even said that she can't wait until she dies so she can give God a piece of her mind. There are people like that. Maybe you were one of those people, but that's where she's at. And she said to me, I can't trust somebody I can't see. And so we had a discussion about that. And I wasn't trying to evangelize her. Maybe I should have. Maybe the Lord is actually evangelizing her through our conversations because I said, well, here's the thing. You are saying that seeing is believing, essentially. Is that correct? And she said, yes. And I said, well, he walked in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. And they lived in a perfect world. Eden was perfect. They had everything that they needed. There was no sin in the world until the serpent came and challenged Eve. And still, they chose not to believe God. And they knew God face to face. Not only that, but Jesus Christ, who is God incarnate and God's only son, came to this earth once. And as I believe it was Ken Ham says, you know, he came to this earth and you killed him. And so I said, if seeing is believing... Well, you will get another chance because he's coming again. And not only is he coming again, he's either coming again and he's going to rapture his church and you're going to be left behind and that's going to be really bad for you. Or you will, in fact, get your chance to see him on Judgment Day, but I guarantee you will not be giving him a piece of anything. You will be getting (laughs) what is coming to you. And so you might want to make a decision about whether or not you really do need to see him in order to believe him because it might not go well for you. And I wasn't saying that as a threat. And I don't think she took it that way. She didn't seem to anyway. But my point is, you you know, when we go through our struggles, whatever that may be, we sometimes look for evidence to see and kind of give a checkup to make sure that God is doing what we want him to do. But God doesn't work by our to-do lists. God doesn't work by our timelines. God does not work by our outlines or anything like that. So be willing to look for the small blessings, the small things, if you must look for signs, because if that's your thing, then just your breath is a miracle. Just your ability to open your eyes and see and behold beauty and think about it and ponder it and meditate on it is a miracle. The fact that you are able to be a vessel for creating life by expecting a baby is a miracle. The act of conception is a miracle. So I want you to hopefully tune your heart to think about things that way instead of the way that we've been trained to look for miracles in the big things, the Disney style miracles or the the miracles of the Red Sea proportions. Look for the everyday miracles because those are not less important than the things that we perceive as bigger because you don't know what God is going to do through all those little things. They all add up. If you've ever heard someone's testimony, sometimes you'll hear about how God tied up all these little tiny strings. I mean, I've shared, I've shared a few different types of stories and testimonies with you. And I mean, I'd be shocked if you can't see what I mean when I say that, that doesn't matter how big the details are or how small they are, God can still use them. 
So as we close out this episode, I just want to thank you guys so much for listening. But more than anything, I pray that you are being blessed and filled with the words that you're hearing, maybe challenged by the words that you're hearing, that you are growing spiritually, and that in your trial, you know that I have been praying for you, even though I have things going on in my own life. I still have prayed for people listening to this podcast, and I hope that the Lord is being gracious to you and bringing you through. And if you don't see that grace happening right now, that grace or that mercy, then I pray that you have just the will or the energy to just hang on a little bit longer. Hold on because God is the God of hope and he is very much alive and he very much is involved in hearing your prayers. And I just hope that this podcast is a blessing to you. The next podcast episode will be tips on how to go through suffering like David and like Job, like we said, so that we can get the maximum amount of blessings. If you have any questions or ideas or would like to send a prayer request, please feel free to send an email to the unscripted faith podcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I pray that you have a blessed week. I thank you so much for your patience. And I apologize that I did not get a podcast out last week. Like I said, everything was crazy, but thank you so much for your patience and your prayers for my daughter. I hope everything goes well for you this week. And I cannot wait to be back with you again next week. Have a wonderful day.